This is Paddy the Hooligan Hulahan and you're listening to Tales from the East End. Get off the pitch! Eastern episode 90 and we're going to talk about the game in Sligo but first of all it's me Gary P and the Prof Carl Riley. hello and we have a double dose of Quifties with Ethan Boyle versus Joel Coustron and Joey O'Brien versus Sam Bone and we have an interview with UCD fan yes a UCD fan a real one not a family or no family <laughs> or, or friends Declan Hughes to talk about our upcoming game on campus this Friday um, we no show last week because Rovers didn't have a game. Some 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 went to see Cliftonville in their uh, Europa League playoffs as well. Semi final was a cracker, wasn't it? Five oh, three after extra time. Madness, yeah. Three one down, ninetieth minute equaliser. Even the one after that, even the actual final was uh, was insane as well. I think it ended up two 0 late on in extra time and scenes. Rovers yeah. fans were all up in strength in numbers. They'll be unseated now in round one if they get through the preliminary round. So we can't meet them. Whereas we could meet Crusaders in the Europa League. Oh, I'll take that. I'd snap so, your hand off for that one. Get through a round. Just a reminder of the draws on the 18th of June. That's just 33 days away from when you're hearing this. Oh, Yeah, and we are still sponsored by Camille Toy. Tala take away. Mm-hmm. And the prof has had his fill. Again, he's gone for the pad toy chicken. Is that right, that right prof? I went for some turkey thing uh, last night. <laughs> some turkey thing? Yeah. It's nice, yeah? That was alright. I still prefer the chicken stir fry. At least you're expanding your horizons. The problem was I had no excuse to go on Friday because it was no match. So that was weird. Uh, and, uh, would I tell the Killian Brennan story? Yes. I was telling lads in the WhatsApp group this. I was there, there while I was standing in work last Monday. And in walks a man. I looked at him and was like, that looks like Killian Brennan. And then he went away, he came back again and was like, right, yeah, it's definitely him. So he goes away, vanishes then, and then the manager just says to me, where's that guy gone? Where's the new guy? I sent him to get his safety boots. I haven't seen him since. And then more time passes, and more five hours pass. So I asked him again, and said, like, did your man kill you and never come back? He was like, no. So much like his Robert's career, <laughs> went to get his boots and never turned up. <laughs> He literally yeah. took one... That's how close me and Killian Brennan came to being colleagues. Has he been back? No. What? He hasn't been back? No. Oh, no way. You're a nemesis, girl. Oh, he was praying. Killian Brennan. Praying. Oh, almost. same shifts. Almost worked with me. <laughs> I wouldn't even say he's my nemesis. I just don't like him in any shape or form. <laughs> him or Gavin Brennan. Uh, um, so, that's, that's the on-post section. On the yeah. show, um, we'll move on to the Sligo game. The two-one loss and only one change from the team that was uh, that we beat Pat uh, Dylan Watts. It was in for Brandon Cavanagh, which possibly could have been an unfair swap 
I think, considering he had two assists in two yeah. games and he was very good against Pats. But uh, 90 minutes up at Sligo, probably a bridge too far for young Brando. Um, the Vengabus ran. John Connolly ran the Vengabus with Karen. Mm-hmm. How'd you get on, Prof? Uh, Yokes was a driver again. Good old Yokesy. Did anyone go yeah. through the windscreen? Uh, not this time. Uh, Darren Glennon was behind me. So I'd say that was... was uh, I say that. What word could you use to describe that? Well, I tried to come up with a description of this, and it's like having the cesspool that is Robert's chat plugged into my brain <laughs> via a helmet that I am not able to remove. That's what it was like. An audio version. Yes. Of the Robert's chat. Uh, John reiterated the no pukers rule to me. I I queried, is it okay if I puke before departure? Because uh, I was pretty hungover. Yeah, you were you were a row off. I was trying to explain to you the hair of the dog, and you were having none of it. <laughs> you were having none of the cure. I was I was at a going away party the night before. Uh, the colonies did force upon me uh, one bottle of, or one can of bombers. <laughs> like you, they insist it's the cure. Yeah, the cure. Whereas um, you actually made a whole day of a gear with, with the whole family. Yeah, geez, we had a great day. Showgrounds looking like the AUB ad. Yeah, it was. Uh, there was a few of us. It was quite a sober Tifty's bogey trip. Bar Robert Lavelle, who told me the same story probably seven times. <laughs> Honestly, it just wouldn't stop. Poor and out. I had heard them all three times on the, on bus, the bus before that, yeah. and then I heard him tell you, and then whoever was beside you. Oh, stop! Um, yeah, and yeah, uh, young Garrett Brennan had his young nephews with him. And there was a good a good family crowd. We went in and to the city centre early on to get a bit of food. And Wigfield was there. You know, Saturday night. She mm. was there performing. Bewitched were performing as well. So it was a, a good night out and good day out in Sligo itself. And there was Moya's first game as well. And she was in our element. Because she knows the songs from us singing in the house and having a laugh. And she was sitting on my shoulders at one stage. And when people started singing, she was baiting me going, I know this one. I know this one. <laughs> so it was a good day out. And um, yeah, I think the next one will be, uh, I think it's going to be for the lads because away days are for the lads, let's be honest. <laughs> we'll stick to home games. But uh, the tickets were crackers. Bar, our Rovers goalie getting buried. Very unique looking tickets. Yeah, yeah, I'd give them a shout out for that. That was pretty cool. So I will got- hold on to them. I have Dangerous Dave's one. Who uh, yeah, I think the least him, the you? least said about the encounter with Dangerous Dave the better I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to hang him so uh, that's if he remembers so I have your stub here Dave I have your ticket stub if you're looking for it the the retro throwback ticket stub so uh, give us a shout if you want the bike stay off Facebook yes <laughs> so the crowd uh, good crowd again big traveling support. But, uh, Apparently some old lad in the stand kept asking for everyone to be booked. Uh, I was thinking one <laughs> might have been Winston. Winston um, definitely wants everybody to be booked. Son was quite annoying in the first half, um, which also made for some dark streams for people watching at home. Yeah, it hampered people. it a little bit, didn't it? We stood right yeah. up the back with our backs to the walls to 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 minimise the sun. Some people were saying they were watching at home and like all they saw was just a big shadow. Over the ground. Yeah, no, it was like I said, it was a good, a, a fantastic travelling support again. And so I had the sun, three poles, and a Rob Lavelle in my way. <laughs> yeah, and a Rob Lavelle, yeah. yeah, one of a kind. Uh, Rob refuses to sing the Mac and Niff song ever again. 
until, yeah, what, what until was, he scores. What was it? I think I think he t- I think when when it was being sung, he'd turn around and he go, he scores builders the odd time. <laughs> I'm like yeah, well done, Rob. And then he'd do it again, and he'd do it again, and he'd say he scores builders now and again, and like, yet. Yeah, Six times you said that, Rob. <laughs> We're sparing him now. <laughs> yeah, that's a point, though. We should actually stop singing until he scores again. Yeah, he needs, but, another, uh, he needs another cracker under his belt, doesn't he? Do you know my new favourite thing now, Gar, about away games is? Go on. I always know where Rostone is at all times. Why is Because he? the crutches are in the air. <laughs> yeah, and he's banging them yeah. together. <laughs> and he's playing in rhythm with the songs. Yeah. <laughs> Great lad, Ross. Um, so the first half chances. Uh, First notable one for me was the whisker away shot from Watts and it, it skimped the post nearly. It was extremely, extremely close. Yeah, Clark had one too, didn't he? That wasn't, yeah. wasn't too far off. Uh, Finner had one that hit off, hit someone in the mush. And not a penalty. And not a penalty, yeah. Interesting referee in there. Very interesting. It's a strange one. But I, I, I felt we did have chances. Manus did make a good save from a header. From, uh, point blank, yeah. yeah, really good save. But we we had chances and we carved them open a couple of times. It was probably and even though in the first half. Yeah, you could say half that. I mean, it was a bit scrappy, team. wasn't it? It wasn't one of those games where it was flowing football. They they matched us and they didn't carve us open around like that. But they did have the odd chance. I felt we we edged them slightly in the first half. Um, credit where it's due. I mean, they put it up to us at home, which they should be doing. You know. Um, Nothing else really notable of of that. Uh, we'll move on to the second half, I think. And this goal came out of absolutely nowhere. And what yeah. frustrated me most was Watts not tracking back. Um, his man Fordyce was a little triangle played in and around the midfield, and Fordyce played the pass initially and was put back in. And then Watts just decided to saunter towards him and not track him and not put. Uh, a tackle in and then this guy just left fly with his left foot this was a bold when this me. went in I think I think I think I just looked at you and two of us goes what a goal that was a bolt from the blue like cracker where did that come from couldn't have went anymore in the top corner absolutely buried Alan Manis nothing you could do nothing you could do about that that was a screamer that there you go I'm speechless so fantastic goal and credit where it's due so um Couple of chances then for us. Uh, I think Green missed the header. Was that late on or was that? Yeah, just the, before his goal. Uh, well, it, um, if he had it connected with, I'm thinking it's in. Think you he know? had cleared off the line or something. It wasn't early, but yeah, it was uh, a struggle up until then. But then we had a fantastic bit of play. The the one thing we're mad about is the goal or the assist, the, the assist of the assist, the pass before the yeah. assist, and Jack Warren was fantastic. And even though he's an off day, once again he provides the crucial yeah, yeah, pass. Yeah, same with Trevor Clark. Um, I'd say possibly one of Trevor Clark's worst games, even though he got the assist. But at, some, at times he couldn't pass the ball three yards. That was probably his only cross in the game. Yeah, he couldn't pass the ball three yards at times, huffing and puffing, and it just looked he just looked unfit and like he was struggling. And um, we're going to call it how it is because that's that's kind of. I mean, we give praise when when it's due, and I just felt Trev wasn't up to it at all. Same with Jack. I thought Jack had a poor game. And um, Greener's goal, big shout out to Greener for absolutely burying this scissor kick. And then uh, I, <laughs> I was too busy celebrating to see him golden, the Sligo fans. I missed it as well, yeah. And then I went on Twitter and I was like, yeah, he didn't do that. Everybody got involved. 
they're like oh yeah he didn't do it and he's like oh yeah <laughs> and then photos videos everything yeah. and I was like yeah I'm just gonna get me coat I opened notifications uh, on Twitter I don't know where, 87 of them was like oh like, my uh, god okay shouldn't have said that and when I did yeah. say okay lads got it wrong fair enough I don't think anyone saw that because more people d- dived in. They were like, oh yeah, typical Rovers fan. I think he only replied to someone. I think that's what Apparently it was, you have yeah. to make an announcement and make it a sticky, like pin it to your profile. Jesus Christ. And then say, okay, I actually missed it because I was busy celebrating the goal as you're meant to do. Yeah. And there's 14 barriers in the way. And I missed, so yeah. I couldn't see. I missed the sh- green celebrate. The, the shushing. But um, they, um, Psycho fans admitted online that they were uh, giving them abuse all game. So yeah, I wonder what that's a, about. I mean, response to that, I suppose. didn't he win the league with them? Played left full in that season. I think they won the league. I don't know. I don't know the the the, the hatred towards Green. There, we wouldn't know. He so. does have previous, of course. I mean, we used to give him stick during games, Certainly and he's celebrating in front of us. So yeah, you know, uh, one of our one of our better attitudes in the team nowadays. To be honest, I think he, he mm. leads the line very well, and he's a great attitude. Um, so that's actually the first goal that I've seen a score at the showgrounds. Oh no Believe way! Oh, you uh, but, uh, you'd never seen us win at the showgrounds yeah. as well, wasn't it? Yeah. So and I'm, I'm we were s- say, I was cursing you in the last <laughs> show, saying Maloney's gonna fucking hammer you. So I'm still a jinx. So yeah. I'll stop going now. Sorry. Uh, other than that, um, I thought we were getting back into the game, and this was a ball from the blue as well, and once again a silly, silly fell. Absolutely no reason. I mean, he tried to keep. Fair enough. Want to keep possession. I call it a mortal scene. Don't fuck around on the edge of your box. Don't give the ball away in the edge of your box. Don't give a foul on the edge of your box. And that's what Jack Bourne did. And upstep Jack Keeney, who... It was even more in the top corner than the first shot. It was outstanding. And you know what? The second the foul was called up, the second the ref blew yeah, out, I, I thought yeah. to myself, it's far out, but it's be just our luck for him to bury this. <laughs> he smashed it into the top corner. And then two unstoppable shots. And then he celebrated in front of the Rovers fans. And um, yeah, so bad result. But the Burn thing was even worse than you described, Gary, because Burn received the ball. And, and he Torn was turning. did a pirouette like he a 360s in of the ball. And we were about to break. And I'm looking at the pitch, right? Who's going to play forward to? He's in possession of the ball. And he fouls the Sligo player. Yep. It was so careless. Yeah, it was silly. It really was. So, like, you can't do anything about the free kick the way he hit it. Not what you can do. But that was such a ridiculous Yeah, I just think away. that those those little incidents in games are totally, 100% avoidable. And you have to be drilled and drilled and drilled to not make those mistakes. And, um, I mean, uh, ho- hopefully, hopefully there was uh, some hammering going on anyway yeah. after it. I I still even though the two goals we were kind of coming out saying what can you do, two crackers. There's kind of a sense of disappointment that Green's goal was so good. It knocked us for six enjoyed though, didn't that it, though? and accounted for nothing. Yeah, but so the excuses were there, but in black and white, it's a poor result. Hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, we should be beating them if yeah. we are going to challenge for the title. We we definitely have to be winning those games to be challenging for the title. There was no bad decisions, red cards, um. We just didn't step up to the plate and and show that we have title credentials now. Well, my main gripe was that we didn't play well at all in the second half. Yeah. I thought we had a fair bit of the ball, but there was no penetration was whatsoever. Just not, yeah, there was just nothing happening. It was one of those, like you said, 2017 Rovers. 
when you said that I wanted to elbow you in the mouth <laughs> I was like it's so true we just had no penetration they had nearly 10 men behind the ball they had two banks of one bank of defenders one bank of midfielders and we just didn't look like getting through didn't look like getting through we could have been there till Saturday or till next Saturday and we, we just wouldn't have got through it was actually quite similar to last year's game out there where we drew a nil-nil kind of a lot of the ball and no you know end product mm. but uh, also the word we used was uh, opportunity missed because the dock had dropped two points the uh, night before and we were looking at the table like chance to go six points clear so many people were saying that to me eventually I was like we're not going to win this game because <laughs> so many people said to me it's like oh this is our chance capitalise take advantage but here's the thing we'll talk about like the, the likes of this, this, this manufactured rivalry that, that the, the Schlegs the, the bitter red seem to have um, it's invented it is it's invented just to kind of give himself a day out really more than anything and have something to, to look forward to so um, I mean, there is history there yeah like the famous 78 cup final and all that stuff but I don't know it's not a rivalry put it that way like it's a good game it, yeah it makes me laugh when new people into their club like you know your man Romeo Parks he's mm. Jamaican he's probably in the country 10 minutes and he puts up something on Instagram and is like, we're well, going to show him who the real robbers are. Yeah, it is. I mean, but if he did it for us, yeah. you know, against the likes of Bowles or something like that, we'd be, we'd be all over it. We'd be eating it up. So. Maybe so, yeah. He's playing to the masses. Liam Buckley in his program notes, he's calling the Shams. The Shams, I saw that, yeah. He's really adapting the, the Western way of life, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, so overall, bad result. And... Um, yeah, so we we left with nothing. Um, the journey home, Prof, how did you get on? Well, would you believe we got back to the Abbot at 12.30? Um, absolutely, no, absolutely do believe you. That Yoxie, is good time. Yokesy put the foot down. And, sure he did. Good man, Yokes. Uh, back for a big point with Big Gar. Yeah, a few people went for one. Uh, me and the Connollys actually intended to go straight home. Not a chance. But we were prevented because we got to the car park. And his car was clamped. Fuck off. Yeah. Which car park? The one beside the McDonald's. Oh, I don't square. believe you. And did you get the console? <laughs> we were considering it, but no, we called and had to wait. So it was like rubbing salt into the wounds, wasn't it? You lose and oh, then you get that. Porto JC. Yeah, so we ate at McDonald's while we waited. John said it was the first time he'd ever been to that one, sober. <laughs> John, uh, John's one of the people, isn't he? Yeah. I'll shout out to John actually, he ran a great bus. Yeah, it's no, good crack. No, uh, definitely not not much twisting of the arm going on there to get him into the abo, I'd say. <laughs> so uh that was pretty much it. Yeah, my journey home was uh Yeah, that was a uh, it was quite a quite a somber one as well. Did you record any more AIB ads? No, no more AIB ads. Okay. Profit. <laughs> the um yeah, so like I said bad result and we have to move on now we have to really pick ourselves up and start picking up points now because if we are going to continue the challenge um, we we have to be winning those games and tell me this would you have taken someone's hand off if they would have given you this position at the start of the season you know that, that age old question where yeah I don't like that question either I know but would, would, like you it, would it makes for a good pub chat but yeah I don't really not into well, that Well let's question. say you have a time machine you jump into the DeLorean start 
start of the season someone says to you at this point at the season would you like to be behind Dundalk on goal difference if you hold it up to the last two seasons when we're out we're totally out of it by April yeah if you put a side by side, by side with that well then how, how would you complain about where, our position now we're level at the top yeah I think we well, I think Anto Matthews said it to me he said Dundalk are looking ominous and they are starting yeah. to pick up form and looking good um, they're winning games on the road without Huben. They're the ones that we need to we need to scalp more than anything. Well, if you want me to jump into a time machine, I would like to go back and get an actual referee yeah. to take charge of that balls game. <laughs> Carl, he got a promotion out of it. Oh yeah. Right. So uh, next up, we have a double dose of Quifties, and it's Eden versus Joel and Joey versus Sam. So we're back at the Rollstone for the last 16 of questions from the East End. We've Alan Manis and Pico who have already taken their place in the quarterfinals and now it's Eaton Boyle versus Joel Coustrain. That was me mispronouncing your name on the PA <laughs> that time. <laughs> so we'll explain the new rules to you lads. It's now forced to five points, wins, and you'll make random selections from our pool of questions going back and forth between football and general knowledge. Steals are now allowed. So uh, you cannot steal a multiple choice question, but everything else can be stolen. So, as always, there's a 15 second time limit and we have to take your first answer. So, to determine who goes first, we gave you a question earlier and whoever is closest. So, the question was how many different players have scored a league goal for Rovers this season? And, uh, so, Ethan, you said nine. Yeah. And Joel, you said eight. eight yeah. yeah, the answer was ten. So, so Joel gets the privilege of no, going. Eden gets oh, sorry. Yeah. Eden gets the privilege of going first. So, what do you want? Football or general knowledge? I go number one on. General knowledge. General knowledge fancies himself. <laughs> Spell the word T-shock. Oh, <laughs> um, T. You rural boy should be Could getting this. Six seconds. A I O S C H. No, over to you, Joe. Uh, <coughs> T A O I S E. A C H. Yeah, that's it. Got it in one. Dying, I don't see you. Right, so that's one nil so far. So you get uh, onto football now for. No, Joe. Yeah, we're staying, staying general, with Joe because he stole. So pick one there. Knock one off the list there, Joe. Uh, I got three. Number three. One of the worst genocides in modern history happened 25 years ago in which African country? Um, Congo. We can move on to uh, Eden for this one. Uh, you can steal it. Um, more of a question. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah. Right and early. Oh, is the, the, uh, that movie Rwanda? R- R- yep, that's, yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's, that's it. it. Oh, shoot. Woo! So on the uh, <laughs> Eden now, isn't it? Football. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, number seven. Number seven on football. football. Who was the only Scottish footballer to reach 100 caps for his country? Um, Scott Brown, no. On to you, Joe. No caps. Uh, uh, Snodgrass. 
So we're on to Joel now. Number three, which manager was sacked by QPR at the start of April? I have to pass on that one, I, I don't know. I do you know. know. Start of April. Uh, no idea. Ian Holloway. No, Steve McLaren. Or Steve ah. McLaren. Good Dutchman. Yeah, me on football, is it? Eating general knowledge. Eating general knowledge. <laughs> Or Joel just answered all the footballers. So it's me on this now? Or don't come over here? Oh, it's back to you. Two. Back to... Like pass it on to you? Yeah, back to Eden. Because he... Hmm. You, you stalled the Rwanda question. Oh, right. Brian General Knowledge, I think it would be. Yeah, General Knowledge. Right. Uh, five, please. So five for General Knowledge. Name the Viking comic strip distributed to newspapers all around the world. Hagar the... The Great Joe. What was the question again? Name this Viking comic strip that's in newspapers distributed all around the world. The funnies, as they call them. Hagar the. There's a word written after that, it's the name of. The Sun? No. no. <laughs> Hagar the Horrible. The you never know. <laughs> you never know. Come on, I got seven. How many sides in total do three triangles and three rectangles have? So how many sides in total do three triangles and three rectangles have? Three seconds. No, 23. Eden, over to you. I've had time to think about this now. 21. Yeah. yeah. God. <laughs> uh, me on general knowledge, is it? Um, Joel's question was just on general knowledge. Football, isn't it? Football, yeah. football, is it? Yeah. Uh, 10 football. 10 on football. Who beat PSG on penalties in the French Cup final? Ah. Uh, no. Uh, Rones, R E N N E S, is that them? That's yeah. it, Rats, yeah. no. Wrong, or Ren, Renes. <laughs> Sounds like a different. <laughs> yeah. Don't pronounce in the French name. Ren. Did I get that right, John? John Football. 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 Eric, we go 5 3 1 lead for you. Which club have gone on record 31 home games unbeaten in the Champions League? Uh, Barca. Barcelona, yeah. the last time they lost was 2013. Yeah. And uh, we've got Eden. Eden up next for football. Uh, eight. Number eight. Who are the only two players to start every league game for Rovers this year? Two players. <coughs> Alan Manus and... Pico Lopez. No. Can you steal? I won't tell him. Joel, right steal. Uh, go Alamanis and. There I go. Jack, Barn. No, no, no. Boat, Ron. Oh, he's got Alan, but 
Aaron McAniff. Ah. Aaron McAniff. <laughs> 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 right, so is Joel next, isn't it? General knowledge. Joel football, is it? No, no. The order. We have which Irish band released their final album, album The End, last week? So which Irish band released their final album, The what? End? Westlife. Over to you, Eden. Let's <laughs> <laughs> convince you all we get that. I'll tell you why in a moment. Their final album? Final album, yeah. yeah. Oh, so it must be they're coming to an end. Like oh. <laughs> Ah, Jesus, I don't know. The bloody... Uh, no. <laughs> two seconds. Say something. No, it's scripts. No. no. You too? Yeah. No. The Cranberries. Oh. Limerick singer now. I know, I yeah. yeah. I know a few of their songs on that, is it? They <laughs> Joel, your fault. I do. <laughs> uh, Ethan, general knowledge. Ethan, general knowledge. Number two, please. Number two. Name the stockbroker made famous by the movie The Wolf of Wall Street. Jordan Belfort. Oh, oh, straight in. God damn. <laughs> so general knowledge yeah, for Joe. General, general knowledge, general knowledge. General knowledge, knowledge. Yeah, go on, I'll go six. Number six I'm in general knowledge. Who killed the Night King in Game of Thrones? Arya Stark. Oh, he watches. I actually don't, I actually don't watch it, that's the thing. <laughs> I oh, actually just watched that episode because <laughs> <laughs> Sam Bowen was first watching first in the squad to get a Game of Thrones question correct. Yeah, he doesn't even watch it. Um, um, football for Joel or for Eden. Yeah. Um, two, number two. Which team recently won the Argentinian Championship? Uh, Argentinian Championship. Um, Three seconds. River Place. Can you answer this one, Joe? I'm just gonna guess. Uh, I don't know, Rosario. No, <laughs> Racing Club. River Plate are Argentinian, not Brazilian. River Plate are. <laughs> yeah. Bloody, that's one guess. What again? That's it. Go ahead. Come on, I'll go six. Six. Uh, who has the biggest stadium of any English club outside of the top flight? So outside the Premiership, who has the biggest stadium? Um, I think you know. Outside. <coughs> sorry. <coughs> what did you say? Outside the Premiership. Outside the Premier League. Trying to buy time. <laughs> um. Who's the biggest? Three oh, Sheffield Wednesday. Was you Eden? Um, I just go for gut instinct. I say Sunderland. Oh, oh yes, Stadium of Life. Ethan wins five three. Woo! Five three. Knocked that one out. That was a super guess. Yeah. yeah. So that is it, and uh, Ethan goes through to the next round. Hold on, Joel. Hold on, hold on. Love that. Okay, we're back at Rollstone for a question from the East End, and it's going to be Joey O'Brien versus Sam Bowen, and the winner is going to be Big Al in the quarterfinals. So. Just expand the new rules. It's now first to five points, and you're going to make random selections from football and general knowledge, and we'll go back and forth between the two. So, the tiebreaker question is both answered the same, and then Joey decides to concede advantage to, to Sam. So, Sam's going to go first today. So, Sam, which football question do you want? Um, give, us number, give us number three. Right. Can I answer this now? Oh yes, I forgot to mention, yeah, steals are now allowed, except in multiple choice questions, not allowed. So, first question, uh, how many European Cups and Champions Leagues have Liverpool won?
15 second timer, which I will force now. <laughs> I'm gonna say. Who's gonna say? You make these real though? I'm gonna say. I'll give you two more seconds. What? Nine. How many European coaches? Five. It's five, yeah. Always after the start. So, Joe, you pick football. Six. Who are the only team to win away to Manchester City in the league this season? You can feel that he gets wrong. Crystal Palace. Yep. Nice job. I'm just having a Two point lead. So general knowledge. Huh? It's number seven. Which American socialite was recently proclaimed as the youngest self-made billionaire ever? I don't know. Don't know. He knows. Mrs. knows. Coily Jenner. Oh yes. Jeez. Three point lead. No, it's the Kardashians, kid. Come on. No, <laughs> Jesus. Knows. He needs PlayStation questions. No PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> this could be a route. Six. Uh, might be too easy now. True or false? Prior to the 2016 referendum, Theresa May campaigned for Britain to remain in the EU. True or false? True. Yep. Easy for man. Lived out without 15 years. I was hoping that would go to the same. I wonder how much money I gave away in tax. I would have said false. You get this wrong at all. We're back to football, I think. Yeah. yeah, right. So, football. If you so. get this wrong, I'll get a word over. Yeah. This could be a force, <laughs> is it? Yes. Uh, it's never been a, a nail scar on line now. Right, number nine football. Who is currently top of the League of Ireland First Division? Longford. They were displaced there on Saturday. Just for the win. Just for the win. Finally. <laughs> this is the record. Cabin Teeley. <laughs> I know. Five nil. Why did he say? Uh, he said Langford. So we have uh, Eden got you. Eden getting through, and um, disappointing Joel now, not getting the cranberries. Ah, even with the new album coming out as well, I thought he would have got yeah. it. Being a Limerick native, I, I call Eden a dark horse now because I remember he got nine points out of ten last year. Oh well, yeah, he did, and, and he ended up losing to Dan Kerr though. And there's a potential rematch there now in the quarterfinals if Dan Carr beats Greg Bulger. Joey absolutely hammering, Sam. Annihilation. Annihilation steals left, right, and centre. Whitewash. Absolutely. Yeah, whitewash. Predicted whitewash as well. Gary, he sits down with a copy, right? He happily concedes advantage. He has a swagger about him, hasn't he? <laughs> Doesn't he? He happily concedes advantage of going first because the tiebreaker actually predicted the same thing or they said the same answer. So then Joey said, now right, Sam can go first. So he's basically going in with the disadvantage. Gets every question right. Steals all of Sam's questions. The coffee wasn't even cold yet. <laughs> and he was gone to training. And uh, did he did he like walk off? Did he kick Sam off the chair when he was leaving? He's like, um, get out of here. The look on Sam's face. The young man was crushed. <laughs> uh, worst moment of his career. <laughs> So, uh, other results from Friday, the 3rd of May, we had Pats getting smashed, 3-0 at home by Waterford, and 
uh, Waterford fans singing you can stick your European football up your arse great banter that uh, the dog 2 Derry 2 action packed game <laughs> the detector was going off there <laughs> uh, Bow was getting beaten 1-0 at home oh yeah we, we call this all day all day it's the, the whenever a team lose their manager they always come up with a performance yeah and we've been calling it all week so that's their first home defeat of the season yeah the Harps beat uh, UC 3-0 at home with a Quaylon McAleer hat-trick and uh, some very good goals in it that's their first win of the season yeah and um, Friday the 10th we Dundalk with a 2 0 at Bowles to go top of the table on goal difference and Hooban was out for that one. Georgie Kelly. He uh he scored he scored a nice goal and then we had uh, a fuck up by Talbot. He misjudged across and Hoare went in and stole home. So that is uh I think Bowles what loss? How many losses now is that? Two. Two losses. I'm stealing this one now from Churchdown Hoop. Go on. Ball's just not the same when Paul McLaughlin isn't available. Yeah, dead right. Dead right. Wow. Um, and do you know what I noticed about Keith Long as well? He was full of praise for Dundalk. Like, every manager. No, no one ever says about, about Rovers, oh, they were the better team. They'll never give us that. <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, Dundalk were the better team. We were blah, blah, blah. And if, if we did, let's say, one 4 nil against Bowes, Keith Long is never going to turn around and say, oh, yeah, Rovers were the better team. Probably say something about budgets being better. Yeah, again, yeah. he did mention that. He mentioned their budget and their their. Uh, How much have Bowes screwed us this season? They've beaten us twice and they've lost to Dundalk twice. Oh, and they're loving it, loving it. Um, yeah. So uh, another result from that day we Cork two UCD nil. So that's their second game on the bounce since Caulfield has departed, and uh, Derry won. St Pat's won with a. Uh, Lee Desmond scoring an absolute belter has force for the club apparently Dermot Looney was uh, our, our, our Pat's associate was posting the photographs of it um, Saturday 3-3 draw between Waterford and Sligo at the RSC and Prof I'll give you one guess to who was refing this absolute shit show of a football match oh I know who it was Anthony Budmer what a game two penalties three possibly two penalty saves mad game mad carry on and of course Wherever Budimer goes, madness follows. I was I was meant, meaning to do a bet actually. The next game I saw Budimer reffing, just go straight on and bet penalty and red card in the game. So I wouldn't have won that. But do you know how two dodgy that would sound? You going in, you're going like, yeah, uh, is this ref? I want to bet on him giving a red card and a penalty. I'm not going to explain my thinking. <laughs> They're going to be like, I'm just going to do it. Why? You think it's your dad or your brother or something? Um. Pico Lopez, shortlisted for the league's April Player of the Month. Joey O'Brien was voted fans April Player of the Month and well-deserved. In my opinion, I thought Joey was fantastic for that month. Uh, real leader and playing out with skin. Uh, a game away to Waterford on the 31st of May will be shown on RTE. Bows away and Dundalk home on the 14th and 28th of June respectively will be live on Air Sporting. Hopefully it doesn't affect our attendance too much or our gate receipts because that is pretty much... All that uh, these TV games do is hit us in the pocket. So um, the topic of streaming came up again recently, and I think it needs to be it needs to be looked at, and there needs to be some sort of prescription service for overseas hoops and people who just 
we need to be able to make money from from these from these fixtures if it's going to be shown in any way, you know. Mm. So um, apparently, what happens every year is RT have some sort of block on overseas viewers, overseas viewers for like the RT player. Apparently, this happens every year where just the first couple of months. Yeah, the looks for Aussie it. hoops on the yeah. chat. They can't see the RT player, can and they? And then it's lifted suddenly. And then it's free. They make an announcement. Oh yeah, it's available for everyone internationally now. Yeah, so um, definitely a topic that needs to be revisited and uh, discussed at length. We have Jack Bourne who was called up for the Ireland's train for the Ireland team's training camp in Portugal. And he might miss the Harps and Cork game. So personally, I'd pull him. Papers the same. We're going to pull him. Um, I wouldn't fancy Jack Bourne going on a jolly up for a couple of friendlies in Portugal. Mm. When we need him most, I totally disagree with having that. I don't, it's not gonna. I don't think it's gonna affect his career too much. And I think Mick McCarthy might understand that he is needed for two games. Well, he actually said he didn't talk to Brazzer when he met, when he picked him. He said, oh, "I have to have actually talk to them." So he well, I don't think you have to do that as a mm. as an international manager. I don't think you have to ring up the gaffer and say, "How are you going to pick this lad? I'm going to put him in the squad." Whereas I think he might say to him now, "I need him for these two games." Will it affect his future in the squad? Mick McCarthy don't think it's. I don't think he'll turn around and say, "Oh well, listen, it's his only chance." You know, these two friendlies. Yeah, are but we're, I can't do it. I was going to. Do, I was going to try to do the accent. <laughs> Not a chance. Uh, say bacon slicer. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. we're in a unique position, as everyone knows, because like all the other players is calling up. Mick's been Mick's been at club football. He's definitely going to turn around and say, "Yeah, listen, it don't. It won't affect his his position in the squad. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it won't." And well, I think he does have to think about us though because all the other players he calls up they're fitting in with their international uh, definitely calendars. yeah he does have to yeah but whether it affects his future at international level under Mick McCarthy is a different story when was the last League of Ireland player who has been in consideration for two or three or four competitive games in a row so this is unique yeah I was kind of surprised to see him in the squad again to be honest Um so uh, yeah that was it Jack Bourne's uh, international call up and the Toulon tournament is from June 4th to the June 15th so we might also be missing Clark and Kavanagh that puts our Waterford game in doubt because we're entitled to postpone the game which we didn't do already this season um, they could possibly be missing they could get, probably call it off as well they could be missing drawing and El Buzetti. Yeah. so it's a possible postponement for that one and um, we'll, we'll talk about that as the as the week goes on and we have a new cross-border competition confirmed by the FAI. Worst name of competition ever. <laughs> if we were to win the league, we'd play Linfield in the first leg. Uh, November 8th, 50k prize money. Two matches, 50k. Half of the fucking Good Premier League. Cash. Half of the Premier League pot. Like, it's nuts. Oh, the Electricity League pot. That is a um, fair bit of cash. It's a fair bit of cash. And, um, the Unite the Union Champions Unite Cup. Unite the Union Champions Cup. Like, who sat around the table? Or I'd say this was just a conference call or a couple of emails. Yeah, think of a name there, really, with a few grand to give out. Unite the union. Well, the union is their sponsors. They're, but it's they're awful. A, they're a credit union, so they, had to, they were like, well, we need the word union in the name I didn't now. get that from that at all. Yeah. I had no idea there was a credit union associated with this. I, when that came up in the WhatsApp group, I 100% thought it was a piss take. Yes, when I saw I. the word union, I thought... Oh, nice Photoshop there. Well done. And the Linfield player in the full kit. <laughs> and uh, in, in other news, transfer news are strongly linked with Andy Boyle again. Gary O'Neill from UCD and Dave Mooney is uh, training with us. Apparently we had a Scottish striker 
on trial as well. I think uh, Nanny McPhee. It could again. have been Nanny McPhee again, yeah. So we are uh, definitely delving into the transfer market and trying to strengthen our squad, which we do need to do. I'd take a winger, striker, and a um, centre half. Thanks very much. Um, Cardiff under 23 season finished a few weeks ago, so people are wondering if we'll get Aaron Bulger back, and I don't see why not. I mean, he's not going to stick around <laughs> over there. It's what three months in, four months in. He surely he can come back, and he can he can slot in if we need him. Uh, we former Rovers under 17s goalkeeper Mark Travers made his Premier League debut for Bournemouth, and he got man of the match against Spurs, and then they went on to concede a couple of goals in the next game. But he was still actually pretty good in that game, mm. and um, it's mad that he used to play for us. I know, yeah, I, I, it's crazy. Uh, there's actually there's actually a good Twitter. Uh, handle out there called Kenny's Kids and we're following him and he just gives you updates on every single Irish player abroad and it's quite cool because I think mm. there's a guy playing in the in the Dutch league I think it's Joe Crowley or something like that something along the lines of that and he's starting every week there's uh, two Japanese born Irish guys in the J league it's just cool stuff <laughs> like that I'm all, I, yeah, I like keeping that. tabs on Irish players abroad it's really good so check him out. It's called Kenny's Kids. And um, yeah, so that's Mark Travers making his debut. Uh, so the under-19s came from behind to, to defeat Drada in the Enna McGill Cup first round at the Roadstone. And Thomas Alua and Alex Dunn scored. And I was rooting through my ultras bag the other day and I whipped out the Drada defeat from last year, the stub. Burn. And, uh, and I just I keep it purposely just to remind us. Of uh, that fa- that horrendous day, um, underage results from last Saturday. The Rovers under nineteens with uh, Brandon Cavanagh in the side beat Cove Ramblers training at the Roadstone. We goals scored by Alua and Bogdanov either side of a header by Evan Smithers. Excellent. So the nineteens are two points ahead of Cork at the top of the table after eight games played. Nice, and uh, Cork have a game in hand. Yeah, three out of the four underage teams are leading their the league good stuff good stuff 17's drew two all in Cove and a brace from Sinclair Armstrong who seems to be scoring every week now and it's the first points dropped all season by the 17's after 9 played they still have a 7 point lead over Cork as well and we have the 15's they beat UCD 4-0 at Rollstone and once again this main man is scoring prof Letty got a brace one each for Abudora and Ola Kanye and they're leading their section as well after 7 games so it's uh, looking good for this young lad lady looking the look at him and the Tordians are in second place three points behind Bray after losing for the second time this year 2-0 at UCD so uh, it's looking good underage is looking good and the fixtures are as follows for the upcoming fixtures for our Rollstone project at the 19th travel to Bray on Sunday 2 o'clock kickoff. that's in Bray on Saturday we have the 17th Host Bray at Roadstone. That's 4pm on the Saturday. So go and get yourself some pints. The 15s play Bray Wanderers at Pierce Park. 2pm on Sunday. It's a strange one, isn't it? Why is it coming? don't know. Um, and the 13s play Bray at Roadstone. 7 o'clock on Saturday. So that is your full fixture of underage football for the weekend. And we have our under-11s playing the tournament hosted by Manchester City. This is a great one. Um... This is the team. These lads played at Jaden's level. This is the team that played Jaden, the one I was always cracking on about. The one ten nil. Yeah, and they have uh, Pavel Nedved in goal, <laughs> the young guy with the long blonde hair. Um, 
they're brilliant and uh, they came toward and they beat teams including Chelsea and Juve and they held, more than held their own two wins over Juve over the weekend beating them in a tour place playoff and uh, yeah so fantastic experience for these young guys and some, you were 10 years old and you beat Juve oh, some cracking players I think <laughs> I, I played in one in Maastricht years ago and we beat Club Bruges and that was the, that was the best thing ever um, yeah so uh, well done to James Forlong as well for his performance at the Euro under 17 finals and he was being praised by everyone you know when something you know when barstoolers come up to you and say these things that um, yeah. it, it kind of means it doesn't carry weight but I mean our young guy has, has been noticed playing for the 17s of Ireland so was it 3 assists in the whole yeah, tournament was his, it? Uh, his set piece distribution has been noted I reckon um, I reckon this guy could start I left full sooner or later again. I'll take over Trev's spot. Do you know who's been going to all these games? Sam Bowen and, and Jose. I saw that, yeah. I saw a couple of the Rovers players were going along as well. It's they supposed to be some cracking graph. players. I saw one goal. I saw a young France international score goal where he, great bit of play, and then he took the ball in the box, but he rolled his foot over the ball to get around the defender and, and stroked it in the top corner. And I've never seen that like it. It was absolutely brilliant. Some really, really good quality. I think we're going to look back on that 17 tournament and, and think, right, there was some real yeah. superstars playing at that. That guy, Doku, against Ireland, the winger, just terrorised that poor rifle. Terrorised him. Um, One of the games at the Carlisle Grounds had an attendance of 2,500. How many of those people do you think have been to a Bray game in their lives? I don't know, bro. If we just gave up on this conversation, it's, it's morbid. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, up next we have a UCD stalwart, Declan Hughes. Okay, so Declan, I believe you've been supporting uh, UCD since 1981, so how did you end up following them? Well, I entered UCD the year the club joined the League of Ireland, and about four weeks after I started in college, my mother passed away, and I lost all interest in many things, including football, for a while. And um, a friend of mine was involved, a guy from a guy I was in class with in, in UCD, was involved with the Super League and uh, he'd you know you'd be walking through the corridors with him and he'd introduce you to he introduced me to Keith Dignam one week and he'd introduce me to a few of the other players that were students and then I remember one Saturday we were coming out of a lecture and he introduced me to Tony O'Neill and, and, and Theo Dunn and uh, this would have been maybe 80 uh, thereabouts and then I went to watch him playing for the amateur league side and I think it was the 80-81 season uh, it was a home game against Sealink on a Saturday afternoon and they lost that was probably the first UCD match I was ever at so what happened was uh, UCD had a link up with the Vancouver Whitecaps at the time when Johnny Giles was managing Vancouver and for two years well three years actually uh, we used to get four kids from the Vancouver Whitecaps to come over and play with us for the winter to uh, kind of toughen them up to play in the NASL that was the that was the idea. So they come over to UCD and they'd study for a year, um, and uh, they they'd uh, do their exams and whatever, and they 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 go back. Now what they were doing was in, in the case of one one young fellow in particular, he was actually doing his high school exams. So he had his high school courses, and uh, he he had to 
he had to basically get a tutor over here to, cut, to kind of guide him through it. And when he went back, he did his high school exams. But this this fellow is called Dave Norman, and he went on to play for Canada at the 1984 Olympics and the 1986 World Cup, the only time Canada ever played there. And uh, he played for the Whitecaps in the NASL after he left UCD. And then when the NASL folded, he played a bit... Uh, he played well into well into the eighties, and uh, he's now doing um, analysis for the local radio station in Vancouver on Vancouver Whitecaps games. And indeed, I went over to Vancouver in twenty twelve and met him, and uh, he organised getting me to the to to uh, the first MLS game of that season. Uh, Vancouver hosted the Montreal Impact. Now, when I was a child, I spent six years living in Montreal, so I actually got to see the Montreal Impact's first ever MLS game, thanks to Dave Norman. Uh, bizarre connection but Dave would have been playing in the team when I actually went to see them play for the first time uh, the first team it was a friendly against the Vancouver Whitecaps ironically enough and uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps had called in their UCD contingent early so UCD had to play this midweek friendly against the Vancouver Whitecaps and they ended up borrowing two or three players to, to strengthen the squad to play in the friendly and Liam Buckley actually guested for UCD in that game but the Vancouver Whitecaps at the time had players who had played for Leeds in the 1970s. And when Johnny Giles was still playing, I had a soft spot for Leeds because of Johnny Giles. But Peter Larmer was in that uh, uh, Vancouver Whitecaps team. In fact, he, he would later go on to have a brief spell with UCD. Terry Yorath was in it. David Harvey was in goal. So like, I went along to see those guys as much as anything else. And Ray Hankin was centre forward for them. Plus the boys who'd been playing for UCD um, as well. And... Um, Lo and behold, UCD held them to a one-all draw. And uh, the next season, I started going to matches semi-regularly. I went to about half the home games. And then after that, then it was kind of like it was just a, a, slow, a slow descent into addiction. And I've been supporting them ever since. Uh, your manager, Cody O'Neill, said in an interview earlier this year, if we'd fans, we'd be a model club. So the lack of support is nearly probably the most common issue raised with UCD. What do people usually say to you when you tell them you're a UCD fan? Uh, they usually say I didn't think they had any fans. That's usually the joke. Now, to be fair, the, one of the problems UCD has is because if you're trying to attract people to the League of Ireland for the first time at 19 years of age, and this is a piece of analysis done by a friend of mine who was in college when I was there. He says, look, he says, I've come to UCD. He says, I follow Limerick. I'm not going to change my allegiance at this point. I'm already in the League of Ireland groove and I'm already supporting my local team. And he says, I'll go and watch Limerick play in UCD uh, whenever they play in, 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 in Belfield. But he says, the rest of the time I'm going to go and watch my League of Ireland club. And he says, the, the, there's two problems facing UCD, and this was true when we played on Sundays, and it's as true on Friday nights. He says, the problem UCD has is the student base. A lot of the students are from the country. So if you're playing a match on Friday night, they're gone home for the weekend. If you're playing a match on Sunday afternoon, they're not back yet from the weekend. Uh, the second thing is, is you have the fans of all the League of Ireland clubs that are students, then you have the GAA bunch and you have the rugby bunch and it's kind of like they don't kind of come. Now, what has happened in recent years is, ironically, there's actually been a growth in the number of students coming to, to uh, UCD games because of the fact there has been increased student accommodation put on campus. And a number of the elite athletes who um, are uh, accommodated as part of their scholarship course, when they have nothing else to do on a Friday night, a lot of the elite athletes of other sports actually toddle along to watch UCD. So, ironically, even though the gates are quite small, the proportion of UCD support of that gates has actually grown in recent times although this year it has to be said our gates are double what they were last year uh, so you're back in the top flight you're obviously 
on a bad run of defeats at the moment, but there were good homings over Harps, Waterford and Cork. What do you make of your season so far and the style of football on display? Well, I mean, the style of football has always been good. It's just the execution of the style of football which has been the problem. Now, last year, when we won the first division title, we were reasonably good defensively. And uh, the start of this season, we lost Evan Ozam from... Um, we lost Evan Ozama about a week before the season started with an Achilles tendon, ruptured Achilles tendon. He's probably out for the season. Uh, we've been playing with a lad at left back who uh, had never played there before. Now, he's growing into the position, but um, we also lost um, we, we also lost uh, Maxi Cagoon uh, uh, last season. He, he ended up at... Uh, he went to Warren Point and he's now at Waterford. And so like there's not a lot of cover and guys experience cover for the for the defence. Uh, the other issues we have is that uh, despite the fact that all our forwards are fit, uh, they've scored one goal in six games and uh, it doesn't take a mathematician to work out that that's a recipe for disaster. So uh, unless they can start scoring goals again, I, I, I really see I see them on, as being on a slippery slope at the moment because they can't keep the ball out of the net and they can't put it in the other end. Uh, Rovers are being strongly linked with Gary O'Neill uh, lately. So for listeners who aren't too familiar with him, what kind of player is he? Gary is the most talented uh, player at the club. He can score goals. He can create goals. He's very good from dead ball situations. He's been probably the pivotal player for UCD going back since he joined the club. Uh, He's been with us about three or four years now and uh, he's been absolutely outstanding. And uh, he'd be a serious loss to UCD if he was to go mid-season. Having said that, if he was to go to Rovers and Rovers were to maintain all their present first-choice midfielders in the squad, i.e. not lose Jack Byrne to a, a cross-channel move or even a continental European move, I can't see how Gary would get into the Rovers team. But if Jack Byrne moves, maybe he'd have a chance to get into the Rovers team. So this will be Rovers' first visit to the UCD Bowl in five years, and we'd, we'd have great memories from winning the league there in uh, 2011. I think that might still be your record league attendance for a game. It's, it's a record league attendance. I think it's probably the record attendance for a soccer match, actually, at, at, at UCD, because uh, the crowds we had in Europe were restricted to only the seating areas. And while there were respectable enough attendances, uh, the, the seating capacity of UCD is approximately 1,500. But with the uh, having to divide you know, the supporters, the away and the home supporters, uh, the maximum uh, we were allowed to have in the ground for European games was 1,381. So I would say this is probably yeah that was probably the record attendance for any football match in the ground. I believe there was over three thousand Ash a Colors rugby match there uh, uh, um, some years ago. I think a lot of Rovers fans will fondly remember the man on the the PA back then, Michael Higgins. He always sounded like such a gentleman. Uh, could you tell us more about him? Yeah, Michael was uh, a graduate of UCD. He was an engineer. He was originally from Galway, and uh, rugby was his first his first love. And indeed, he still maintained a link with his uh, with his favourite rugby club in Galway, uh, even though he'd been living in Dublin for years. Uh, I didn't meet him until the 1990s, till he was encouraged to come along to uh, a UCD match by a, a fellow retired engineer at UCD. And uh, he, he got involved and then was asked to do the PA. And he did the PA for about the last 20 years or so of his life. Ironically, I'd met Michael's daughter when I was a student in UCD. She was a member of the History Society. And uh, I studied history as well. So she did history, about two years behind me in UCD and then I also met her husband uh, Sean Whelan from RT some people might remember seeing him on TV uh, and 
So I knew the two of them long before I ever met Michael. But yeah, Michael was a gentleman and I used to be his regular substitute when uh, he was on holidays or whatever and couldn't do the PA back in the day. So I just basically was asked to take on the take on the role after he passed away. So I'm now the main PA announcer and I do have a substitute or two because I'm not always available uh, either. But uh, I do my best to try and structure my holidays around away fixtures in the, in the, in the calendar. If I asked you to pick a favourite ever Rovers UCD game, I, I'd imagine you'd probably say the famous 1984 FAI Cup final. We had um, Alan O'Neill and Robbie Gaffney on the podcast before talking about it. And both of them being former hoops, they kind of had mixed emotions from that day. Yeah, that was a very, very special memory. But there was there was two others. I mean, I, I could go down that road and it'd be very easy to go down that road. There actually two other league games I remember very, very fondly. Uh, We'll take home games, seeing as it's a home game you're talking about now. Um, the, 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 the few months after we won the Cup, Rovers travelled to UCD in the league and played us in Belfield Park. And we won 1-0. Joe Hannon scored a goal. And our centre, sorry, our right back got sent off with about 10 minutes remaining. And um, we, ha- we held on for a 1-0 win. And it was the first time we'd ever beaten Rovers in the league. Uh, that's a particularly fond memory because we had to hang on with 10 men Alan and Reel and Robbie Gaffney would both have played in that particular match incidentally uh, so that was it was more or less to prove that the cup final victory wasn't a fluke now Rovers at the time had lost uh, Liam Buckley and Alan um, the other forward that was that was in the team when they, Alan Campbell Alan Campbell that's right they'd both gone to continental European football one had gone to Belgium and one had gone to Spain and um, so they were struggling to find a new forward. And I think it was after that match that uh, Rovers went out and got Mick Bourne and, uh, and Noel Larkin. And uh, that, that turned their, their, their tide around. So this game would have been in about September or possibly early October of 84. And we won 1-0. But uh, one of the funny things about it was the linesman on the, the right wing for the, two, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the second half of the game was um, giving UCD nothing. They couldn't get a throw in. There was no, there was no offsides awarded against Rovers players and whatever. And eventually, with about ten minutes to go, um, the, the linesman finally flagged a Rovers player for offside. And uh, Robbie Lawler went over to the linesman and said, "By the time you figured out what that bleep and flag was for, and promptly got red carded for his efforts." <laughs> so we had to hang on for 10, 10 minutes to, to a 1-0 lead the other one I remember fondly was the uh, 3-2 win uh, in, in the bowl and I think it was 2011 uh, the year before you clinched the league title in, in, in UCD Rovers did go on to win the league but Keith Ward scored a brilliant free kick for UCD to give us all three points and in fact I interviewed Keith Ward uh, in another context about uh, 18 months or two years ago and he, re- he reminded me of that free kick on that occasion even though he was still playing for Bowes and now he's playing for Bowes he reminded me of that free kick as he said it was his favourite goal which I thought was interesting but um, that was a very unexpected win as well Rovers did, didn't do Rovers any damage Rovers eventually did go on to win the league that particular season as well I think that was Rovers first title under Michael O'Neill if memory serves and plenty of other players have played for both UCD and Rovers of course Ronan Finn and Greg Bolger they were in your midfield when you won the 2009 title and if you go back to the 1990s yeah. you had the likes of Jason Sherlock and then Terry Palmer and Jason Colbert had long spells with us. Yeah, and um, he, he, he likes of Gary O'Sullivan and Paul Cullen in the early 90s as well. 
and um, Keith Dignam actually played who's the president of UCD now and whose son Mark is currently playing left back for the club Keith Dignam played for you in the last season in Milltown that you won the double 86-87 and Brendan Murphy would have been up front in that team for you as well so um, yeah the, the connection between UCD and, and Shamrock Rovers are legion in fact Shamrock Rovers first ever FAI Cup tie if memory serves when both UCD and Shamrock Rovers were non-league in 1921 was against UCD when Rovers were playing home matches in Dundrum and uh, Rovers won that one I think 6-2 so we really go back a long long way and in fact I'm sure we came up against each other in the Leicester Junior League even earlier than that and Declan people would know you from uh, the radio show The Absolute Game on uh, 103.2 Dublin City FM which you host with our very own Justin Mason every uh, Monday night so Tell us about the history of that show, and I'm hearing there's future plans for a podcast as well. Yeah, the uh, the show was the show was one of the first programs on the station. The station was originally called Anna Livia in 1992, and the the football show was originally called 90 Minutes Plus, and it was hosted by Declan Drake. And uh, when it, initially it was only a half an hour long, and then he got permission to stretch it to an hour. And he used to focus very very heavily on the Dublin clubs because you know we we are a Dublin radio station. But um, when I took it on, I, I saw, yes, we, we do focus on the Dublin clubs, but we give everybody else a mention too, because I realised pretty soon that um, apart from ourselves and the old Friday night roundup that there used to be on Radio 1 back in the day, there was very little League of Ireland coverage on the radio. And I decided that we would try and expand it. And indeed, I, I got myself a, an online listenership when Monaghan United were still in the league by uh, referring to Monaghan United as the only MFC worth a damn and uh, that went down very well in Monaghan at the time and um, we, we, we expanded it and we, we, we have you know we, ha- we have people from uh, a wide variety of, of, of places supplying occasional interviews to us over the over the, the, the season uh, Denise O'Flaherty from Longford Town will occasionally get audio and there's a Dublin team in town and send it on to me and I'll occasionally talk to her when Longford are playing a Dublin team for example in the, in the first division and uh, that's an example of the sort of thing we try to do with the programme but uh, I, I met Justin funnily enough in the RDS when he sold me a programme in 1991 and uh, we, we seemed to get on almost from the first day I met him and uh, when I got in charge of the programme I I, uh, I got a contact number for him and asked him would he want to get involved with the programme and he was delighted to do so but initially he joined me on my Sunday sports show uh, with talking talking soccer on that and then it was after we did a couple of those stints that uh, I asked him to get involved with the absolute game I inherited the absolute game in 2008 uh, I had been previously an assistant to Howard Danaher who was a Rovers fan who hosted it in the mid noughties and then Howard was replaced by a fellow called Adrian Ma- Mannering and uh, Mannering was a friend of Bill Bagster who was kind of the second person on the show and then when Adrian and Bill decided to move on I inherited the show so I was able to mould it in a, in a way I wanted to do it now things I've been able to do myself because there were things I particularly wanted to do was we've been covering the Women's National League from the first week it started back in 2011 and we're the only radio show that features it on a regular basis the podcast idea was came about from the lads themselves on the panel um, I have um, Justin, I have Colin Lamb, who's a Bose fan, and I have Vincent Cal, who supports Waterford, but lives in Dublin, as my main panellists. And we occasionally have help from Aaron Clark, who uh, has been doing a Women's National League podcast for the last number of years. And the lads themselves said, look, 
there's some there's sometimes that we aren't able to cover everything because we're trying to cram so much into a, a 58 minute show which you have to an hour, one hour program with a two hour ad break gives you 58 minutes and when you're trying to cover everything that's going on uh, and we also do the Leinster Senior League results and the underage leagues of the Airtristy League as well so we do the under 13, 15, 17 and 19 results when they're on as well it doesn't leave you a lot of time to, to, to dwell on things so that's come up with the idea of having an absolute game extra podcast which we're hoping to do twice a month and uh, we're, we're looking forward to hopefully getting that off the ground uh, in June and the, the idea being is it'll be a standalone podcast and uh, there'll be no ad breaks in it so we'll be able to give uh, a, a topic that requires a lot more discussion uh, a good 45 minutes to 50 minutes on its own and we'll also have the opportunity of doing things like interviewing former players and that sort of thing so yeah we're, we're hoping to do a, a lot of uh, different things and we hope to have a lot more panel discussions on the, on the podcast as well than we were able to on the um on the absolute game itself uh, we generally only have time for those kind of things in the in the league of ireland off season when we love like about the 20 minutes of results and the rest of the program to fill so it's going to give us the opportunity to do uh, the kind of program that we'd love to do if we had more time to do the, the main program itself and that's basically what we're going to do so it's going to be twice monthly that's the plan at the moment yeah so that was deco and uh the man can talk yeah it's almost like he's been on radio for years and oh, years oh yeah you might as well yeah. give him a plug prof yeah, great stuff from uh, from Deccan. But uh, two things I did not appreciate, and one was bringing up that Keith Ward free kick for UCD. Yeah, thanks for that. Jeez, do you remember Against that? us. That was a cracker. <laughs> I also did not appreciate him stealing my thunder on a stat that I was going to do later. Oh. And that was our first ever he game. He just stole the prof's stats. Oh, some, some man. Beheaded. If this was Game of Thrones, he'd be... Uh, mm. To be dragon fire involved here. I was gonna say our first ever meeting with UCD was in 1921, an FAI Cup qualifier at Windy Arbor. There you go. He stole it on me. So uh, yeah, so you can hear Declan and uh, Joe's our own, our own just amazing. Monday nights at 7 p.m. Absolute game. I was on that show once. Yeah, I heard that one. That uh, it was a nice way. Uh, put myself to sleep just after. Oh, work. thank you. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> so me and McDarrell put you. So give us a. Uh, Give what you're known for our best, Prof. Give us the stats. Well, did you know, Gareth, that our first ever game against UCD was in... Oh, <laughs> well, it's, it's our 100th ever game. It's our 100th ever game against UCD. And we both have the fewest draws in the league at the moment. We've only drawn once each. Well, have you our, got a breakdown of our 100 games? I'd say it's fairly uh, one-sided. It's pretty one-sided, yeah. yeah. yeah our, our only draw was... Uh, the nil nil on to Dundalk. Uh, UCD have the best discipline. So insert your students' jokes here. Okay. Twenty-one yellow cards <laughs> and no red cards. No red They're cards. the only team in the league without a red card. And Big Al is celebrating his thirty-seventh birthday on Sunday. Ooh, thirty-seven. And do you know how old, how old their oldest player is? Twenty-four. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Tim Malloy. Timmy Malloy. Yeah. I think I believe Al might be the first thirty-seven-year-old to play for us since Mick Byrne. Ooh! In nineteen ninety-seven. Before that it was Terry Everson and Al O'Neill. Al was about thirty-nine when he played his last season with us. Terry was thirty-eight. Hopefully, Al will be the same. I mean, I actually—that's something we don't really want to talk about—is Al retiring, which is. A legitimate thing, it could happen. So what do we yeah. do? 
I don't. What do we I do? Don't, I don't want to think about <laughs> yeah. it. I really don't. Let's move on uh, uh, swiftly. Apologies to Conor Currens, but uh, UCD have nailed the worst defence in the league. 31 conceded. One more than Harps. Yes, their arse is getting smacked. They've uh, lost uh, six in a row. And they've only scored one goal in that run. Six in, in a row, run. that's rough. Only one goal by Yusuf Maddy, their top goal scorer. He's the one that scored in Tado, isn't it? Yeah, stroked the home. So this is our first visit to the UCD ball since a 2-0 win in June 2014. Ronald Finn and Dean Kelly scored. Really? Our yeah. first visit to the UCD ball? Competitive visit, yeah. In five years. Okay, prof with the stats. And uh, yeah, so next up we're going to have starting 11s and predictions. I'm going to mix it up, prof. I'm going to go Alan Manis, James Forlong. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to stick in Pico Grace and Joey OB. Uh, normal, we, we know the way the team sets up, we know what we need to do. So it's going to be. Uh, Jacko, Bulger, McAniff, Finn. What? What needs to get his finger out? Put him in against UCD. Yeah. He needs to get his finger out. He needs to start putting in performances and Greener up top. There's not much of a difference you can make there, Prof. I think a bench of Danny Carr and Trevor Clark and Brandon Cavanagh and Oki is strong enough to get us over the line. Give us. And my prediction is. We'll go 2 0 goal in each half. What's your Harps prediction? Harps prediction, uh, team wise, we can't really pick it. So, Harps prediction, I'm going to say. I'm going to say a 2 0 win. Good six points from this next two games. Well, I want to revert back to the, the lineup against Pats. So, I'm putting back in Brando ahead Ooh. of Dylan Watts. And obviously, you can't pick teams. That's what I was, I was on the, that's mm. what I was on the fence about Brando or, or, or Watts. I just think Watts needs to step up and needs to really just needs to start playing ball find the love again obviously you don't know what's going to happen on Friday with injuries or whatever but I would like to play Ethan Boyle right back against Harps and also maybe rest a couple of other players such Mm. as Maybe bring in Dan Carr and rest, I don't know, McAniff, something like that. Bring in Joel, maybe, or something yeah. along the lines of that, yeah. That's not a bad show, Prof. UCD and Finn Harps. Yeah. Both away games, we should be picking up points. Um, My predictions? Predictions. Uh, I think I said 3-1 last week, didn't I? I'll, I'll just keep saying 3-1 until it happens. <laughs> 3-1 win. Yeah. Away to UCD and 2-0 away to Harps. 2-0 away to Harps, so that's six points from the Bulls. And... Um, yeah, we've had a week's rest, which probably wasn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah. With all the injuries we've had lately. Uh, we've lost three of our last four, so we need to get Motor in again. Certainly do. Yeah, we really, really do need to start picking up points and if we want a challenge. So, uh, Prof, even an announcement. I am running a bus to UCD from Kimmage Road. Uh, it'll, leave, it'll leave any time from five to six o'clock. You'll know because it says a big number 17 at the top and it says via Belfield. Uh, bring your own beer. Uh, quietly reading newspaper is not only allowed, it's encouraged. <laughs> so I'll see you all there. So that's it. The profs, uh, you're certainly not calling it a tip. These bush, you can call it something else. <laughs> um, so that is it. And um, Harps away on Monday, the Hoops SC are running the bus. It seems like the only one. There's a couple of cars going up as well. So... Um, that is it for this week's show. 
Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, rate, subscribe, mm. and follow us. Yeah, that's what they say. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. um, See follow you. us on Twitter, actually. That's our main one, isn't it? Follow us on Twitter. See you on campus. Yeah, that's it. See you in the ball. Uh, keep on hooping. <laughs>